thank God for being here this morning. I'm going to start out by, you know, a tribute to the mothers here today. And I thank God for my mother. I don't have the privilege to, to be in church with her today, but I called her and told her I loved her and that I was thankful for her. And uh, I'm thankful for my wife. She's a wonderful mother to our children. Diane, happy Mother's Day. Um, I wouldn't be who I am today if I didn't have the parents that I had in my life. You know, and that goes even farther because my mom and dad, they weren't in church when I accepted Jesus as my Savior. That was, you know, my grandmother would come and get me, my grandma and my grandfather. So I look forward to that day when I can see Mary again and, you know, hug her neck. And I know that that's a promise that I have, you know, and we're no strangers to losing loved ones and we have them in heaven. And I, I just when you sing that song, that last song, just to stroll through heaven with your loved ones is going to be a remarkable day. And I thank God that we have that opportunity through Jesus Christ. That being said, we're going to be in Luke chapter 15. Now this story pertains to my life in a, in a big way. Every time I read this story, I think about how fast I lost my fire when I was young. You know, I, I got saved when I was eight years old, Great Missionary Baptist Church on the front pew. Bobby was preaching about hell. And I knew that I was a sinner and that I was going to go, if I died that day, I was going to go to hell. I accepted Jesus Christ at eight years old. But it didn't take long for me to get into a position to where I put Jesus in the back burner or left him in the closet, right? And that was my fault because Christ said he'll never leave us or forsake us. So whenever we're separated from God, it's because we chose to take a different path. And I was, I'm thankful that Christ was still there with open arms when I came to reality and realized that I needed Jesus. And I, I thank God that He was merciful and just to forgive me for those sins because I was not a good kid from about 16 to my even early 20s. You know, I, I would go in and out of church and I wasn't there for Jesus. I was there to see my friends and I would hang out in the back of the church. You guys, some of you guys know, I was, you know, I grew up with a lot of you and some of it's, you know, it came to the point to where I would go to see my friends. I would I would just go because I was forced to go, you know, because I lived in my mom and dad's house. And when they started going to church, they made me go. And and it took a, you know, a, a stepping, or it took a, a chapter in my life where I had no other choice. I had no other option but to go back to God, you know. And that was when we lost our daughter. That's when I turned my life around, you know. And I'm not proud to admit that, but at least I can use it now. You know, when I when I stand to preach and, and talk about it, I can tell you that there was times in my life that I wasn't proud of who I was and what I did, but Jesus forgave me through it. We're going to go ahead and start in the 11th verse, and this is the prodigal son. If you haven't already guessed, I was the prodigal son. And like I said, I thank God that He accepted me. When He seen me coming, he was standing there with open arms and he ran and met me in the field. And I, I thank God for that because I don't know where I would be today in the trying times that we're in. I don't know what I would be doing today if it wasn't for Jesus and His mercy and His grace because I have failed Him. And I fail Him every single day, Jake. And I try not to, but I'm just a man. But I'm created to be better than just a man. And I thank God that He forgives me and He sees that. And he said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. 
And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all their rows of mighty famine and in that land, and he began to be in want, and he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave on to him. And when he came to himself, that's key, we're going to get to that. When he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants my father had bred enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will rise and go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and in compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Then the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and the shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. We're going to stop right there. Maybe we'll go a little further. But I think so much about my own life when I read this scripture because I did enjoy riotous living. At least I thought I enjoyed it. This man, you know, he went to his father and he said, Father, give me what is mine. Give me my portion of my inheritance. And you see, the boy did not have to leave when he did that. He could have stayed in the father's house and stayed in that lifestyle with his inheritance. But instead, he decided to dabble and check out the world. Decided to go in a far off country. I'll tell you, there was time in my life, Jake, that I was in a far away country from Jesus Christ. I was in a far away place where I thought the world had something better to offer. And I'll tell you right now, the one that holds dominion in the world does not care about you. He doesn't care about your soul. He doesn't care about your heart. All he wants to do is destroy you. That's it. If you're a Christian, Satan can't have your soul, but he can try to destroy your life. And I'll tell you, it doesn't take much. It doesn't take but one little toe in the door for him to break it down. And I've been there. You know, he'd pick you up in a Cadillac and drop you off in a Geo Metro or a Harley and, and drop you off on a mini bike. You know, it, it makes things look so great on the other side. But as you start to get involved in this lifestyle and you start to get involved in the things that you don't want to be a part of because believe it or not even though you're dabbling the world christ is still dwelling and he's still trying to show you the right path and this says in the scripture here when he came to himself and he realized what he had done the 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 moves that he had made the situation that he put himself in that's key his father didn't put him in this position. He put himself there. You see, this boy, this man, he could have stayed in the father's house. He could have still dwelled among his father and his servants. But he had that little piece of inheritance and he thought that he could make a better life. And when he went out and he lived this riotous life, what does that mean? That means a 
partying lifestyle, a rambunctious lifestyle means he spent his money on things he shouldn't have. He did things he shouldn't have. He dabbled in what the world had to offer. And all it did was chew up everything he had and then spit him out with nothing. And that's exactly what my life was like. I was eight years old. I got saved. I was on fire for Jesus. I remember calling my mom and dad the day that it happened. My grandma and grandpa picked me up and took me home. Took me to their house afterwards. And I called my dad. And I said, Dad, I got saved. He goes, oh, that's nice, son. You know, and at that time, I didn't realize what it did to him. It made him start to think. And then I called my aunts. And I called my uncles and I called my other grandparents and I told them about Jesus. Well, then if you fast forward eight years, I got into a riotous lifestyle. I got into a lifestyle where I thought that I was something, that I could do anything I wanted, where I could live and be whatever I wanted and not have to answer for it. I remember... My mom and my dad, they turned their life around. They started going to church. And he got ordained as a deacon. And I was in the back pew. I was asleep. My mom's got a picture of it. Just to rub in my face. I was asleep with my studded bracelets and my massive Liberty spiked hair. That's what I was. That's what I turned into. You see, this man... He had it all. He had everything he could ever want. When you're a child of God, you have everything that you could ever want. Everything that you could ever need. This boy, this man, he didn't need to go out and see what the world had to offer. He didn't need to go out and try new things because his father had everything he needed. I'll tell you, every single time that you dabble in the world, you're not going to win. You're going to turn into something you don't want to be. You're going to be somewhere that you never intended to go. This man went from having riches and having servants to being a servant. He went to being in the fields, taking care of swine. I don't know if you've ever been around pigs, but it's disgusting. They're a disgusting animal. What they eat is disgusting. The, what they live in is disgusting. And he wanted what they had, Diane. Now put that in perspective. Think just for a minute about that. He had everything but desired the husks that the swine were eating. That's the position that he put himself into. He went from having everything to nothing at all. You see, I came to a point in my life where I realized that all I was doing was destroying my life, destroying myself. And when I turned back to Jesus Christ, just like this father, we're going to read that again. He said, and when he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my father have bread enough to spare? And I perish with hunger how many of them have enough bread that I could eat, but I'm going to starve to death. I will rise and go to my Father. I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. He got to a point in his life where he knew that he had to repent for some of the
my case was a bathroom in a hospital and I had to repent, Diane, for some of the stuff that I had done that I had to go back to my Savior and thank God just like this father. And I'm no, we're going to read it in verse 20. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. This father desired his son. This, uh, this father desired the union and the, the fellowship with his son so much so that when he seen him afar off, he didn't even make his son come to him. He went to his son. You see, that was me when I hit that ground and when I started to hug that toilet and started to pray to God. Jesus was in the room with me. He didn't make me travel very far, Diane. He was right there. And as I got up off that filthy floor, I left my filth there too. You see, this boy, this man, he had no idea how his father was going to respond. So much so that he was going to tell his father, Father, I don't even have, I, I know that I've done so much wrong that you were probably ashamed even call me your son but just make me a servant just make me a hired servant because the servants to my father had it better than I did in the earth in the world but his father doesn't respond in that manner his father meets him and kisses him and he tells his servants get the best robe Get the best robe. Get a ring and put it on his finger. Get the fatted calf so that we can feast because my son who was lost is home again. You see, I believe the day that I repented, I didn't get re-saved, Jake. When I got saved at eight, that was good enough. If I would have died before I repented, I would have still went to heaven, Jake. No doubt about it. But the luxury of my life would have been worse you see, I have a great life. I'm blessed. God has done so much for me. But let me tell you a simple truth. I never got to where I am today by myself. There's nothing that I can do in this world that I accomplish by myself. I'm a welder by trade. I didn't do that by myself. I have a great family. I didn't do that by myself. Thank God that He's never left me. He still saw fit to bless me, even in my sin you see this son going back to the father all the father wanted to do was bless him all he wanted to do was bless him you see when I came back to Christ all he wanted to do was bless me Jake yes I'll pay for the things that I've done that's a given we all will but Christ didn't point out my failures to me. All He wanted to do was bless me because He longs for that fellowship and that union with His children. You keep going on. Twenty-six, and He called one of the servants and asked him these things. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's go to twenty-two. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. Let us be thankful for my son was dead and is alive again. 
he was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Now the elder son was in the field. And as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. Then he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. And he was angry, and would not go in. Therefore came to his father, or called his father out, and entreated him. And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgressed I at any time. Thy commandment, and yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as thy son was come, which had devoured thy living with harlots, and those has killed him and fat, the fatty calf, and he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meat that I should be, make merry and be glad, for this thy brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and found. You see, there's plenty of Christians today that resemble that elder son. There's plenty of Christians, Diane, that will point their fingers and say, how dare you come into the church house with some of the things that you've done. Look at what I've done. I've never left the church. I've always been standing here doing what I'm supposed to do. How dare you? You see, that's the problem today, Jake. That's the problem with our body today. That too many of us want to point out the flaws of everyone around us. We want to sit there and make them feel bad about what they've done. Never knowing or never remembering that we were in the position if we were honest with ourselves. You see, the church has a problem. When I say church, I mean the body has a problem. I thank God, Jake, for this church because I know that if somebody were to come into that church house, you as the leader of this flock would not judge that person. You'd open arms and welcome them into this church. And that's what it's about. But I've been in churches and I've been members of churches where they would shun people or they would watch people and they would, they would make people feel like they were too much of a sinner to enter the house of God. Let me tell you, this place is a hospital for the sick. This place is for the people that need it, Diane. This place should have open doors for those that need Jesus Christ to come in and enter no matter where they've been, what they've done, because Jesus loves them regardless. You see, one thing you don't see in that Scripture is the elder son ever going back into the house. You see, you might even question, is he really a child of God, right? I know that he's the father's son, but think about this for just a minute. There's a lot of Christians out there that say they're Christians and they're not children of God. There's a difference. Let me tell you, there's a difference between a blood-bought person, a blood-bought son or daughter of God and a Christian. There's a big difference. Christian is my religion, but I am bought and paid for by Jesus Christ. And sometimes when I, when I read the Bible, you know, some religions teach this, but the Bible says this, I will always follow Bible before I follow religion because I am bought and paid for by the Savior of the world. I tell you, I know that's not a typical Mother's Day message, 
But I had to do what God wanted me to do. You see, all I can do is tell you who I was. All I can do is tell you from my own experience. I'm no one's judge, and I would never be anybody's judge because whenever somebody's been through something, I've either been there or I've got fingers pointing back at me if I were to point at them. Because I am dirty and filthy. I was in the, the world with the swine, and Jesus Christ still loved me. So I am no better than anybody. I am, in some cases, probably worse. If you were to look at some of the things that I've done and put myself through or my family through. But Jesus is perfect. And if He dwells in you, then you're the same as me. You're a sinner saved by grace. Bought with a price. And He loves you. Church, I love you. I'm thankful to be a part of you. I'm thankful to be a member here. I'm thankful to be in this fight with you. Because I believe each and every one in this room, I've heard your testimonies. I believe you're a blood-bought person, a blood-bought child of God. And I thank God for the labor that we're about to endure together. At this time, my brother, close out how you see fit. I'm done.